Yeah. <laughs> Things I will never be. Loved the way Daly's loved. <laughs> and lusted after the way Robin Wright is lusted after. That is accurate. And... Man. <laughs> it's a good day for me. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Screening Podcast. His name, as always, is Daily. He's worried right now because he can't think of what to call me because joining him this week is his partner in some kind of animated-related crime. Yeah, I mean, animated seems to be the word. It I is guess. You would be, yeah, my partner partially animated. animated. Yeah, quasi-animated crime. No, it's not quasi-animated. No, it's yeah, animated. No, it's it's just not animated. Uh, it's just not all the time. Semi-animated, semi-animated crime. Anyway, I'm Cartoon here. Crime. Anyway, Cartoon crime. Bart's here as Cartoon always. Cartoon crime. We got a little alliteration in there. Cartoon crime. All right. Uh, and also joining us this week is uh, the lovely Jenna Gabriel. Hello, Jenna. Hello, Daily. Nice to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too. Nice to have you on the see, podcast. See, th- this is the part where where all the poetic justice happens. Before all the times that Jamie is here to call Daily an idiot. Yep. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play, sir. That's right. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Uh, well, today we're talking uh, talking two movies. We're talking The Congress, uh, which is stars... Uh, Robin Wright. The, the which, increasingly beautiful Robin Wright. Yes, which stars the increasingly beautiful Robin Wright. Uh, and uh, we're also going to talk because, you know, we can't watch one movie which real involved real people and animated people without talking about another one. We're trying to be, you know... Get a little on the same thea- thematic wavelength here. Yep. Uh, so Bart uh, very appropriately chose uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, to pair with it. And I, th- I thought that was a fantastic choice. Well, so. it, ma- it matched better than First Blood. Yes, well. <laughs> a little better than Space Jam. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, well, uh, Space Jam, that would have been space, good too, yeah, space actually. Jam, look, space, if we're talking about a movie in which real people interact with cartoons, there are very few options. Space Jam would have been the next logical conclusion. Yeah. Uh, I, I always forget about Space Jam. I would yeah, not have joined you reason. for this podcast. With good reason, you I, always forget about I'm Space gonna, Jam. I've never seen Space Jam. <gasps> oh, you're missing that. I have seen Space Jam 67 times. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have, which is why I didn't My wanna... brother thought it was the greatest movie in the world oh, when sure. we were kids. I remember being really fascinated with it uh, in that, I like, the, the concept of it as... Uh, the explanation for why Michael Jordan quit baseball and went back to basketball, like, I thought that was, like, incredibly clever at the time. Uh, I mean, I was a small child, so I didn't know what incredibly clever meant. But the, 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 the plot of that movie is Michael Jordan has already quit basketball, he is playing baseball, and Bugs Bunny has to recruit him to play basketball and then at the end he decides to quit playing baseball and go back to playing basketball which he actually did in real life so like it was like the movie was an explanation of michael jordan's life choices and i thought that was kind of amazing that sounds kind of amazing i know right the only other good thing in that movie is uh bill murray bill murray's incredible Bill Murray's and when the announcer of the basketball game is like, wait you didn't tell me dan Aykroyd was in this film (laughs) that's true i forgot about that oh wow at the very beginning, Michael Jordan is playing golf with Bill Murray, avid golfer, uh, and I believe Larry Bird. Uh, Awkward. And, yeah. And uh, wait, did he have lines? 
I love I, Bill you, Murray or no or no Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. I mean yeah. you, I mean you know I love Larry Bird, but oh, yeah, but, no, but the man is not built for speaking. Bill Murray's entire subplot of the movie is that Bill Murray wants to play basketball. That he thinks he could have been a great basketball player, so he just has he just pesters Larry Bird about whether or not he could make it in the NBA. It's kind of, that that part's kind that of that sounds kind of brilliant. Yeah, you could just watch the Bill Murray scenes. Michael Jordan, not an Academy Award-winning actor. <laughs> Quick to the YouTubes. He look, he makes Shaq look good. Let's put it that way. I would buy anything from Shaq. Well, that man yeah, could sell I me know. a Buick, right? Like, or like a Buick or icy hot. Just <laughs> <laughs> Either or. He's attempted to do both. Um, but uh, but yeah. So okay. So that's our our cartoon animated future for the for the rest of the day. Mm. But before we do that, we'll talk uh, a couple of news items here. Yeah. Bart, when you came to L.A., we did not go to the new Beverly, I don't think, right? I'm pretty sure we hid in your room and watched the time tunnel. That's probably what happened. Uh, so the new Beverly is a theater uh, in L.A. Uh, that it's got a great history. Uh, the it's, it's probably, if you were going to make a comparison to a Boston theater, it would fall somewhere between the Brattle and the Coolidge. Uh, it's one screen, okay. uh, but it's a little nicer than the Rattle is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bigger yeah. screen. It's yeah. a nicer theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, it's they show, uh, you know, old rep stuff, and then they show, like, independent, modern independent stuff. Um, and it's, it's been family-owned for a couple generations. Of course. Um, so Well, you can't really call anything family-owned unless it's been doing it for a couple generations. Right, exactly. It can obliterate the whole state of Vermont. Yeah. So, uh, so this theater has, they, they've, sort of come into some financial trouble over the years um there was a few years back which sort of i think right around the time that i moved there actually mm. uh the there's the family that was running the theater but they didn't own the building and so the landlords actually wanted to sell the theater and turn it into like a strip mall kind of thing they want to turn it into like super cuts assholes uh, yeah i know right so um, i guess i'm the asshole so amazingly uh, quentin tarantino actually stepped in and bought the building because he right. loves the New Beverly, it's like his favorite place in the world. So yeah. he stepped in uh, and and bought out the building, and then you know occasionally they would you know come up against the wall financially here or there, and he would basically you know pay off a bill or something like that, bail them out. The, yeah, exactly. Keep the place open and running. Good. Um, but recently the the family uh, has decided they want out of the theater business. They, mm-hmm. they wanted to move on. Uh, and so Tarantino bought the theater outright. Oh. Um, and so he is now personally going to be running the show there. Um, they're closed until October. They're doing some renovations. And mm. then he's taking over from that point on. He's personally programming uh, everything that's going to show until the end of the year. And everything's basically going to come out of his private collection, which yeah. is amazing. Like, huh. I want to go I, – I, I've been meaning to go back to L.A. for a while, and now I, like, desperately want to go back. That's crazy. Um, but here's the thing that I think makes Is he going to premiere his stuff there? Well, Because that seems like a logical step. His next movie is Hateful Eight. Right, Hateful So, Eight. I yes. mean – and that's got – they haven't even cast that thing yet, so – there's, there's time, uh, there's plenty of time before he, we get another of his movies. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he has, uh, yeah, he'll probably have a big premiere at the new bed. That would not what? surprise me, so. Um, but here, here's the thing that I think makes this sort of interesting and newsworthy is, you know, Tarantino is a big uh, proponent of, of actual film, of, you know, not digital projection of actual 35 millimeter. His next movie, Hateful Eight, is going to mm. shoot in 70 millimeter. Which right, is which is glorious. Yeah. And so, uh, so he has said, you know, a couple years ago, the New Bev bought uh, a digital projection system so that they could, because studios don't want to send out 
old prints of stuff, they'd rather just yeah. send a digital copy. Yeah. And so uh, they bought digital projection, and Tarantino said he's throwing it out. They're not going to show anything digital there from now on. If you uh, see something at the new bed, it will be on film. What? Mm. Yeah, that's that. This is what I. This is why I wanted to get your takes on this. That has elements of snob with like notes of douchebag. Mm-hmm. Well, the ex, the and you know what? The, when you read his statement, it's even worse because he basically he. I mean, you know, he's trying to sort of, in a way, sort of fight the good fight. And he, he's saying, he he wants to get a film copy of Lone Ranger and show that all the time, <laughs> isn't well, it? No. So he's he literally was like, look, I think that. You know, this should be like a haven for film and that when filmmakers, you know, make a deal with a studio, you know, they should be putting clauses into their deal that say you will strike at least one 35 millimeter print so that we can show it at the New Beverly, which is like, look, Tarantino can make that fucking deal. Like burgeoning young <laughs> filmmakers are not going to be no. not have the clout right. to be able it's to make like, that kind hmm, of thing happen. Should I have them not make my movie or do what Tarantino says? Yeah, just because. Well, I, yeah, it's. No. I mean, it's. I don't know. Like, like I said, on the one hand, you kind of it's like, yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's kind of cool to be like. This is a place where if you if you see a movie, you know you're seeing it uh, on film. You know you're seeing it. Uh, you know in sort of the original fashion, well, that's, original style. And that's, that, that's that's all. Admirable. That's all well and good. It's yeah. also astonishingly stupid. Well, yeah, it really limits what they can show. Yeah, because studios are not like said, they often oftentimes, especially you know something like for example, um, something like Obvious Child. Mm-hmm. Like they, I'm, sh- I doubt they made actual film prints of that movie. I'm sure they just sent out digital prints. Was know? it even shot on? Was there? No. What did any, did anything? Sh- probably have not. anything to do with digitally. film? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's, you know, I, I feel like it's going to become increasingly hard for them to show current films, for them to show <sighs> modern day films. Which I mean, look, that just means that you're now you're you're changing your. You know, you're changing the pitch now. You're changing, you know, your business model. Now you're basically going to say, we're only going to show... You know what this is? ...older stuff. And I feel like that's what helps... What, what It makes it harder to keep the doors open in these places. You know what this is? This What's is that? that scene from the beginning of The Rock mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage is talking about buying... Was it the White Album? Because mm-hmm. I'm a Beatles maniac, and these sound better. Yes, that's true. So if Tarantino wants to go to Alcatraz and shoot the place <laughs> up, then he can make these claims. But yeah. I think this is a little bit... Like it's wasteful. Yeah, it's wasteful for. I mean, I understand the point. Great, but come on. Well, yeah, I mean, don't it, throw out the digital print if it's already. It's stupid. Oh yeah, I've heard like he wants to when they do the reopening. I heard uh, someone said that uh, when he when they do the reopening, he wants to literally have Eli Roth dressed as the bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards take a baseball bat to the digital projector. Well. It seems... Jenna's making a face. Jenna's making a, a glorious face. An inglorious face. <laughs> uh, I see, see what I did there. there. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I... Now she's making another face. Yeah, now she's making faces at us. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, I mean, there's there's certainly value to be, you know, to get people to come out to a theater to see older stuff. I mean, uh, you know, Jenna, we, we went to see Ghostbusters. We all went to see... Like, that's a, that's a great experience. And you get people who come... You know, they dress up and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, right? You had fun there, right? Oh, I hated it. It was horrible. I had to do it with you guys. <laughs> I want nothing to do with you. Yeah, no, you can put it on film. You can put it on digital. You can do the whole thing with the baseball yeah. bat. Yeah. I don't want to go. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it is. I feel like it's one thing to, to make a claim that you're not going to upgrade and you're not going to 
like jump on board with the times and it's a whole other thing to make a spectacle out of destroying it yeah you're right i mean i think it it feels it feels a little bit more like like it's this is the tarantino show than well it is it is the tarantino show exactly he's making more about him than than you know about the actual film well he's terrible at you know making things not about himself is there any movie that he has made that he's not in in a cameo well no but i mean you can say the same thing about hitchcock i mean hitchcock shows up in all of his movies Mm. which is why i think tarantino shows up in all of his movies you know like there's a there's a tradition there (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't don't know i mean i I, i'm still excited i'm still very excited to go to the new bev and and to see movie there it's just it makes me sad that i you know you won't be able to go see all, like so, I, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is a, he's another big proponent of the new Bev. Yeah. Uh, and you know he he will prog- he's he's programmed like a week there or a month there in the past. Um, and you know I'm sure he will dig this as well. But it's like I want to see new Edgar Wright movies. And he I mean he might have he would probably be someone who could have the clout to say yeah we're we're gonna strike a film print so yeah. I can but show who, the new but Bev. Who but who else could though? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's the it's the exciting like. Tarantino, when he was making like Reservoir Dogs, like he couldn't have made that happen. No. If he was making Reservoir Dogs now, like that that version of Tarantino today, like he can't make that deal. No, it's it just seems like elitist nonsense. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, I don't know, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you also, I guess, I have to respect any effort to try and keep film alive. I mean, a lot of people don't realize just how close we were to film just not existing at all well, that, anymore as a physical medium. Well, that's... See, but the thing is, that's not what he's doing. No. If he wanted to do that, he would say, I will always have the capability of showing things on film here. Mm-hmm. But also, how is film going to stay alive if he's lost the ability now to show new artists? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, all the that's state, why... Like, it's, it's more yeah. that he's preserving film. He's not keeping it alive he's creating a museum for himself well this is the this well, he's is, keeping it keeping it alive in his movies yeah. that are new because he already has the clout he's it, this is the the argument that's happening right now when it comes to film versus digital which is you know yeah a lot of people prefer to shoot on digital now most studios would rather distribute on digital now it's easier yeah exactly <laughs> and cheaper um but you know there are some people that prefer you know scorsese still prefers film nolan still prefers film like there there are great auteurs that still like that's their medium and that they don't ever want to shoot on anything else well, which isn't to say that if you don't shoot on film that you don't like you know Soderbergh shoots digital uh, you know he's amazing so well that's the whole thing is I mean if you really want to preserve ensure the future of filmmaking you know cinema mm-hmm. arguably digital is the greatest uh, insurer that's sure. not, insurance that's, no, not insurance. Yeah, no, no and insure, insure. Yeah, you're right. Of of that future, sure. because it empowers everybody to do it. Any yeah, schmuck it's an with equalizer, a equalizer. Exactly. Any schmuck with with a with a camera and an SD card can make a movie now. You don't like, even need an iPhone. You can make a movie. I mean. Oh, that's right. You guys don't have removable storage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, but you know, <laughs> that, I got another face. Yeah. IPhone. The interesting thing, though, is the one place in which film is the unequivocal superior option. Yeah. Is when it comes to uh, archiving. Well, yeah, because digital formats change yeah. so quickly right. and so dramatically yeah. that something that you shot digitally, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's like you might not be able to play that now, and you certainly won't be able to play it in twenty years. Whereas 
If you strike a film print, all you have to do is put it in a box and keep it cool in a basement, and that thing will last you centuries. Yeah. So, you know, that's – and that's a a part of the reason why – so there was this deal struck between uh, Kodak and studios saying, look, if you agree to keep producing physical film, like reels of film, we agree to – basically buy that film that you know there are there are certain a number of filmmakers that said we will continue to shoot on film yeah the studio said we will keep you know striking stuff on making film prints yeah so we can archive it or whatever um and that's the only honestly that's the only reason that film is still physically in production at this mm-hmm. point um so yeah i i you know it's nice to see I, I think i think the you know the brattle they're sort of and and coolidge both of them actually mm-hmm. they have digital but they also have you know, 35 millimeter and the Coolidge also has 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. So like hateful eight will play in native resolution there, which would be great. Right. Um, but see, that's the way that you should do it. I and mean, there's well, no yeah. reason, there's no reason. I mean, if you want to keep film on, there's no reason to be exclusive of other formats. It's just snobby. Exactly. And that's their thing is if, if we can show it on film, we will show it on film. Right. If we can't show it on film. We'll show it on digital yeah. so we can show what we want to show. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like that's the better, that's the better model. And like I said, it's so hard to keep the doors open in these places. I mean, it's hard enough convincing people to right. like come to a theater but then again you know we would see well you you weren't with us but uh, jamie and i went to see jaws at the coolidge mm-hmm. on labor day and the place was packed i mean well, they do that every year right i mean day, it's jaws it's a tradition but like yeah. still i mean it's like you you watch a uh, you know a movie like jaws in a in a packed house even with people who know every line and that thing still plays like it's a brand new movie yeah it's amazing and you know, it's it's great to still have that experience available to you um, like I said, when we talked last week about or two weeks ago about Ghostbusters, uh, you know, all these little kids who like it's they're seeing it in the theater and it's probably their first time seeing it. Like that's, that's amazing. I wish we could have seen Ghostbusters I as know, kids in the theater. Right? Like I look forward to like bringing kid bringing my kids to a theater. Like if something's playing in the theater, like oh we got to take the kids. You know, like that's a comp. Those are gonna be the first words out of my as mouth. As long as it's not Ninja Turtles. Well, old Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I will take them to go see old. Ninja I would Turtles. do that. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Screw your kids. I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> That's Says it. Uncle Bart. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's yep. favorite wholesome next door neighbor. Uncle B. <laughs> Uncle B. Um, so, uh, a couple other things. Uh, I, Bart, I really want to get your take on... The Batmobile? Yeah, the new Batmobile. Um, I don't know yet. So, you saw all of the various images, right? There was like the couple of the cell phone pictures, but then the one yeah, they actually released. Yeah, right. The one they actually released. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little... There's some nods to the Keaton mobile, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, yeah, the so, body type feels a lot more. No, I mean like like feels the, more car like. Well, well, yeah, the little uh, amber reflectors or lights or whatever mm-hmm. over on this that, that's very '89. Sure. Keaton mobile, which I appreciate. Um, as far as the rest of it, yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah. I don't love that it has guns mounted on the front. Yeah, a lot of people have been complaining about that. Um, I'm not really so bothered by it. I mean, like, Nolan's Batman was very, like, no, I mean, especially in Dark Knight Rises, it's very, like, no guns. I don't believe in guns. Which is, Kira, don't use guns. which is, which is bullshit, because yeah. he definitely had some guns mounted on the front of 
everything. Well, yeah, he's got, like, cannons. He's got, like, explosive cannons and stuff. But he doesn't, like, use guns, I guess, is his thing. But the Batmobiles had guns all the time. The Keaton oh, yeah. Batmobile had, had lots of guns. machine guns on the front. Yeah. Frank Miller's, uh, his Batmobile yeah. in The Dark Knight Returns, like, those, they had guns all over the fucking place. Yeah, well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the distinction. People always say, like, oh, it shouldn't have guns because Batman doesn't use guns. It's like, no, Batman uses doesn't guns. use pistols and machine Like, he doesn't use handguns. Hand he doesn't oh. use guns on his person. But, yeah, his vehicles have all kinds of fucking guns. Yeah. Well. So, I mean, yeah, they're certainly, like, very prominent. Like I said, it looks, you know, certainly the Tumblr looks more like a tank. But, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, well, but these are very, they're, like, right front and center on, like, a little raised pod. Like, you can't not look, that's the first thing your eyes go to. Basically. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I would be surprised if they don't spin around and, well, who knows. Jenny, did you see the Batmobile pictures? I did not. Let's well, look. Yeah, I'm going to say I'll show it to you right Quick, now. to the internet. Come on, Daily. I depend on your screening for all of my news. Uh, it's, it's there. <laughs> so does everyone else. Come on. Um... Well, what I was going to say is... Anyway, I like it so far. We'll see if it sucks later, yeah. but who knows. Better, you like, you like it better than... How, how do you think it ranks in the pantheon of cinematic Batmobiles? My favorite cinematic Batmobile is unquestionably the Keaton Mobile from 89. Yeah. Um, the 60s Batmobile, it's the 60s Batmobile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I did not like the... Uh, Joel Schumacher Batmobiles, they look stupid. So with all the glowy lights on the it's, inside? It's nonsense. Yeah. Um, I like the Tumblr. So I guess it would be 89, Tumblr, yeah. 60s, and then the other two. Were... Yeah. I feel like this one's going to look... I feel like the pictures, especially that official picture, I feel like they just... They don't feel like an honest representation of the car. I feel like when we see the car in motion driving, it's going to feel a lot more like a car right, which than it looks with, like in those pictures. I mean, I feel like this is what you get if you take the Tumblr, mm -hmm. the 89, and then one of those Batman Forever and Robin yeah, and just like throw them in a blender. Mm -hmm. um, I like that the doors pop up and they look like bat ears. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. I think that is like... The goofiest, most... I think that's, like, go goofy in the best possible way. It I almost really, makes me feel like maybe I, these movies might have some fun. I, I really hope that the purpose for that is not just for looks, but I hope that at some point somebody jumps on the top of the Batmobile and, and he, he flings them open like an ejector seat. That would be great. And that would be great. Jenna, what do you think? Do you like it? I like the spy images. They're, like... This yeah. font was much better. The one that they officially released is super intense. Yeah, I know. Just to say, it's, it, like, it looks literally like a mounted machine gun with wheels. Yeah, it looks like a spaceship. It's like you can't even see like the front of the car from the back of the car. It's just like giant. It's the perspective on it is so like. Well, that's the thing. Is it's it's very it's it's fish eyed. Yeah. Um. So who knows? Yeah, it looks like the wheelbase is so fucking wide. It's crazy. I don't think it is. It actually looks. No, pretty... I don't think so either. I think the, the other the photos make small. it look much smaller. Yeah, I think it's an optical illusion. Yeah. Which is why I think it's such an odd choice of like what why you would show that as your like first release. Because they want to have they like they they had to do something because the spy shots are out, but yeah. they want they didn't want it to be like this is this is the car. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. I do not understand. There's what else one, you got? There's one last thing I want to talk about. Uh, which is going to lead into our uh, next few uh, podcasts, I think. Uh, and that's Rambo. Oh, Rambo. Um, so this rumor came around this week that um, that Stallone is, no. is doing another Rambo movie. For fuck's sake. I know. Um, so he, 
this has happened. This has gone on, you know, repeatedly. People they talk about this every so often. Um, there have been a couple of different. We already have one. It's called the Expendables. I, yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, um, except except that Barney Ross has way more personality than like likable personality than Rambo ever did, wow. and that's saying something because Barney Ross doesn't have a lot of likable personality. Yeah. So. Well, he does have a lot of co-stars. Exactly. He has friends. That's the difference. <laughs> um, Rambo's just angry. We've had a couple of different pitches for a for a fifth Rambo. There's wait, wait, wait! I've got one. Yeah. Let me see. We've got so we take Rambo. Uh huh. Wrap a red. It's a tie, really. <laughs> Put that around his head. Yeah. Plunk him down in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And make him yell. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I think what we. Oh, steroids. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew... I knew I was forgetting something. God damn it! I always forget the steroids. <laughs> Leave that out of the pitch. I know, right? Yeah, this is gonna be on page one. We gotta get the needle going in. Yeah, another oh. thing. <laughs> oh god. Uh, no, I want to see that movie, uh, right? Where you take a Rambo and it's just like, I'm so old, but we we have to send Rambo back in. Get the steroids. <laughs> Somebody get the needles. Cover like, photos. So you the get red Rambo tie in the yeah. jungle and the it's needles just... hanging out of his bulging <laughs> biceps. It's just Rambo and Robocop put yeah, together. Exactly. He's armored by needles. Um, yeah, no, so there's, uh, there's been a couple different pitches, one of which, the one that I keep hearing over and over again is, like, him versus the Mexican cartels of some kind. I, no, we watched that movie last week. I, I know. That was better. That was better. Um, there was, there was a really crazy pitch at one point, and I, I really wish that if we get another, a fifth Rambo, that this is what we would get. I don't think it's, it'll ever happen, is but. Is villain Danny Trejo? No. Because that I would actually watch. No, no, no. It was. Rambo versus a genetically modified mutant beast. Danny Trejo? <laughs> no, imu- no, a mutant. A muto. Oh. Rambo versus a muto. This is... I mean, not a giant muto, sadly. Probably like... Dude, if there were a little one like a raptor? Think of... Think of like... Think of like uh, uh, Rambo versus like a gorilla wolf motherfucker from Attack the Block. Like, I think that's how it always sounded to me. Something along those lines. Why? I don't know, but wouldn't you watch the shit out of that movie? Because I would. I feel like you just have to get Rambo with the kaiju from Pacific Rim and only show it on film. And then it's like <laughs> very clearly a political statement about right. how oh you need God. like real muscle and real humans. Because you can't have the genetically modified digital <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Because the kaiju, it's just, it represents digital cinema. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about high here. art here. <laughs> And the new Beverly is going to be the only place you can see it. It's Tarantino will approve. Um, so, uh, so th- this may or may not be happening. Like, like I said, these rumors come around every so often. See, here's the thing: is we need a good reason to get ramp the character of aging. Was this John Rambo? Yeah. Getting of aging John Rambo. Like, why would he be the only person left? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I, one of them was like one of the things was something about was like he has a daughter he never knew about or something like that, and it's like. He has nope, no rescue nope, 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 nope. That's Die Hard. Yes, I know. Uh, and not even a good Die Hard, a shitty Die Hard. Yeah. So, um, I'm a Mac. <laughs> uh, so the the likelihood of this actually happening still seems uh, I don't know, pretty low. Um, Thank God. The, the, the rumor was that basically th- that this was happening like in a month, and I think that that's <laughs> like bullshit. <laughs> like that they were going to start shooting in October, and I, I don't think that's real. I think that's nonsense. If that was happening, we would have heard like big fanfare. Like there would have been press releases out the yank, out the wazoo. <laughs> but it's entirely. This feels instead more like one of those like 
hey, let's float this rumor and let's see how people react. And if people react well, hey, maybe we should actually get on this. Maybe maybe we could do a Rambo movie where he passes the torch, like maybe to Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's take put a pin in Shia LaBeouf. Literally, can I put pins in Shia LaBeouf? Um, <laughs> I don't. You, no, he doesn't need the needles. No, he's had enough needles, I think. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. But it gives me impetus, to, you know, to revisit the Rambo franchise. So I think that will be. Yeah, I'm in. In the next couple of weeks, I think we we will be revisiting the Rambo movies uh, one by one on a weekly basis. There are four of them. Uh, my recollection... Does that, is that counting the one that already exists that should not exist? Well, there's there's Ram... There's First, first okay, Blood. Okay, this naming, con- this naming convention is ridiculous. Right, it's first, first Blood. And then Rambo. And then Rambo, t- and Rambo First Blood Part 2. And then Rambo 3. And then Rambo. Rambo. Uh. So, that makes no sense at all. Uh, but the first one is an, an incredible film. That I, I own it, but I... Ha- I haven't watched it in ages. I feel like we should do... Okay, I have an idea. Okay. You, you're you're going to like this. All right. Ready? Do it. This is the marathon phase. The, no, 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 no. Well, yes. But <laughs> the, I no. think I can suddenly no, think no, I can no, no, run a marathon No, what it is, what it is it's, 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 it's... Instead, you know, we were going to do the Rambo-thon. Yeah. And then the Rocky-thon. Yeah. I think we should do them at the same time. Ooh, that's an intriguing proposition. You see what I'm saying? A little compare and contrast? Well, because... Rocky is an amazing movie. Well, First Blood is a not quite as good movie, but still, still classic. Still very good. And I, then, and then Rocky Two is Rocky Two. My my here's my fear though. I think the Rocky movies as a franchise are going to hold up way better than the Rambo movies. Oh yeah. Because the the percentage. Well, they're better movies. Well, yeah. The percentage some of them there are is so movies. different because there are four Rambo movies, and really the first one and the last ones are the good ones, and the middle two are not very good. Right. The Rocky movies. There are really only, I mean, Rocky Five. I've only watched Rocky Five once, and I remember it being awful. But I feel no, this is why is. I feel like the need to revisit it. Well, okay. Rocky Four is terrible, but in a way that's kind of kitschy and fun. From like, it's so like specific of the moment it was made in the eighties. Rocky Four is um, is great. I don't. This is I haven't watched that one in a while either. But like Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky, Rocky Three, and and uh, Rocky, Rocky Balboa are all. Great movies. Rocky Four is the illogical. You, you know what it is? It's Star Trek Four. Uh, it totally is. Think, think about it. Yeah, but it's like the extremely illogical, but yet very logical extension of that universe taken to the exact wrong place that it should never have gone. Yeah, that's probably true. And that makes it awesome. Rocky Five and Star Trek Five probably bear a lot of resemblance as well. Now, yeah, because after <laughs> Rocky Four and Star Trek Four, the only thing you can make is shit. Yeah. You just have to take a hot steaming dump. So, I mean, we should. Sorry, Jenna. I really. <laughs> Jenna loves hot steaming dumps. And <laughs> my delicate ladylike tendencies <laughs> are grossly offended. Yeah. Uh, no, I look. I I'm. And then you I, come back with the sixth one, which is good. Well, okay, the other thing is we're mismatched. Because you're mean, all cleared out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, Star Trek V and Rocky V, that's just like the, the Enema one. Yeah, the Enema movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little high colonic. Uh, it really clears your head. I think you're doing it wrong. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, 
look, you know me. I will watch all of the movies. I will watch them all back to back right now. I mean, you are a but the thing is, you are a completist to a fault. <laughs> the BC I game Literally, I mean, it really is a fault. It is. So like, I'm gonna watch Godfather like, three this week. Don't watch that shit. I'm, yeah, but I gotta. I own them, so I so, own them. <laughs> well, this is the thing. So I don't own. I own all the Rocky movies. I only own First Blood. Uh, That's and, probably the way it should stay well i definitely want to at least buy and I, I only own first blood on dvd so at the very least i need to get it on blu-ray and i also want to get rambo the last one because that movie's also really great is it oh yeah oh you've not seen it no i think oh, yeah. I, I think the only one i've seen is first blood and that was a long time ago in a lot of ways yeah. rambo is the movie that you want the expendables to be like, there are a lot of movies I want The Expendables no, no, no. to be. No, I mean, if The Expendables had... The I would be of... happy if The Expendables were Home Alone. If the ex... <laughs> Think well, about that for a minute. I, they're really close to it already. <laughs> uh, no, if The Expendables had the kind of action that Rambo... Like, you walk into The Expendables expecting action at the level of Rambo, and you don't get it, which is part of why those movies are all inherently disappointing. All I really want is Predator. Yeah, okay, that's that's fair too. I would love to revisit those movies as well. We we should just go through one franchise after another. I oh. think we should just string up. I also really want to do Terminator. I oh, that to I would, the Terminator. That movies. I would gladly do. Yeah. So, uh, but but no, I I was thinking about it and I was looking for it online. First Blood on Blu-ray is five dollars on Amazon <laughs> right now. Um, of course it is. And I think uh, uh, Rambo is like ten. But you can also buy the box set of all four for like twenty, and so on what format? On Blu-ray. Oh, so well, my right. my thought was we yeah. should revisit all these movies, all right. and yeah, that's uh, I can decide whether or not it's worth it for me to buy the box set because I've only seen Rambo two and How? Rambo three once each, so I really need to like figure out if I'm actually. This is what I did when when the Burton and Schumacher Batman movies came out. Is I said, okay, I will certainly watch Batman and Batman Returns a million times. Batman Returns is not as good as I ever want it to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's certainly not as bad as what came after it. But... Well, exactly. So that was my thing. Was yeah. I said, if you know, do I buy that box set or do I just buy the first two movies that I know I'm going to watch? So I watched I them just all. The, I think just the first together. one together. Yeah. Well, because look, <laughs> Batman and Robin is awful, but I I had sort of fond you know, young preteen memories of uh, Batman Forever. Daily, because... daily. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'm guessing the listening audience does not want to know about your preteen memories. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's accurate. Uh, but no, I mean, Jim Carrey, like we were of that perfect age where like Jim Carrey could do no wrong. And so the idea of like Jim Carrey in a Batman movie was like amazing. Cable guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, he could do cable guy. So the the I revisited and said, okay, look, if Batman Forever yeah. holds up, if Doesn't... Batman Forever is like decent enough, like I will buy that box set and just never wait, 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 watch wait, Batman wait, and Robin. Wait, 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 is is which one's which again? Batman, Batman Forever, Forever is Val Kilmer and Tom oh Lee Val Jones. Kilmer, yeah, the oh first non Keaton one, right, 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 and then the okay, so yeah. Batman and Robin is the one with the, with, with with the bat credit card, yes, and all and the, the and, all, and then all the ice jokes, yes, exactly. Cheers. You would actually really like that one. <laughs> Jenna, Jenna, Jenna has time, an Jenna. incredible weakness for puns. Oh. That whole movie is puns. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger making puns too. Arnold Schwarzenegger in a giant metallic frozen ice suit making I ice dreams puns. About this. You well, you're gonna enjoy the <laughs> shit out of it. Let it's me tell so you. It's so bad. Uh, so, uh, but yes, no, so I watched it and Batman Forever did not hold up, so I just bought the first two movies. So I want to run the same experiment yeah. with the Rambo movies. I gotcha. So we'll, uh, we, we'll revisit them and figure out, uh, figure out if two and three yep. are, you know, 
whatever they are. Well, so. all right. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, some of these other <laughs> animatronics. These, these other animatronics here, um, and we can be, you know, we can be pretty brief here. Um, so can't imagine why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife is tapping her toe outside because she wants to go to a football game. So this is this is our lives. I'm I gotta do a podcast. I, I want to go to the football. My wife wants to go to the football game, and I want to do like a nerdy movie podcast. All right. Well. <laughs> Look at you guys defining, defying gender norms. I know, right? And my wife would Beautiful love that. Thing. My wife would love that. She would. That would make her so happy. So. And my girlfriend's here making anima jokes. Anima jokes. I'm sorry, all that's really going on in my head is how I can't check the score for the baseball game. So <laughs> I think I'm pretty much also Jamie. Yes, no, you can, you we're all on the same page here. It's fine. It's okay. I don't really want to know. <laughs> oh. No, me neither these days. <laughs> let's talk about these movies pronto. Yeah, let's talk about the Congress. Um... I'm going to, first of all, just say, so this is a movie that is, you know, like it's, I mentioned well, this earlier. On. Go, okay, everybody pause. Mm. Go Google the trailer right now. Yeah. And tell me if the trailer doesn't make the movie look, what, what, what I think, what was the exact so wording that I used? The trailer. You guys sprung this one on Bat me. Batshit awesome. I think I said, I think I said it was batshit awesome. The yeah. trailer looks astonishing. Yeah. Okay, now um, continue. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, I, I mentioned this, uh, I think when we put up the last podcast about Ghostbusters. Just saying that, yeah, September's kind of a slow month. That early fall, there isn't usually a lot of big releases. And right now, it's, like, awful. It's, like, three weeks. Guardians of the Galaxy is still the number one movie in the country because there are no new releases. God, well, it goddamn well should be. Well, I know, it's amazing. But, uh, so, so this is, the Congress is something that you're going to have to kind of seek out a little bit. Um, if you're in New York or L.A., it's probably not that hard. Um, but, you know, other locations, other cities, you know, you're going to have to find that one specialty theater that shows that shit. And so, for example, you played at the Brattle. Mm-hmm. We only played one week, so we went on the last night. So, um, Which was but, still fairly crowded, actually. Yeah, no, there was, a, there was a good crowd for it. So the director's a guy named Ari Fullman who made uh, a really great animated feature a couple years ago called Waltz with the Sheer. Um, and it's all set, uh, it's, it's all set in Israel. Um, like amidst bombs and exploding cafes and shit mm. like that. Um, and you, when you were texting me from inside the theater, like before I got there, being like, I think there's a movie club here. When I got there, I looked around. I think there was like a Jewish community group there because oh. he is like a very like I, okay. I think they were there for that filmmaker. Because there were so there were three rows of people. So I sat down. Jenna and I sat down in the second row. Yeah, and then people just kind of came and sat around us. We were an <laughs> island. Yeah. We have that effect. And, and they we all knew really each other. Another organization, another group. Yes. Yeah. and they all knew each other. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, so it's, the, the pitch is really weird. It's theoretically sort of somewhat adapted on uh, a book by Stanislaw Lem. Um, the, gen, the sort of pitch is Robin Wright plays sort of a fictionalized version of herself which i love by the way yeah which I, is lo- I love it when character like like being john malkovich yeah exactly um and so she she's you know an actress she's in her 40s and she's not the star that she could have been and she's sort of questioning her life choices and, and her agent and, is harvey Keitel in a black suit white shirt black tie which is fantastic yeah. Um, and this studio basically comes to her and says, look, the technology of filmmaking is changing and we want to digitally scan you, like not just your face and your body, but like your emotions and your personality so that uh, basically you would never act again. You sign this contract, we scan you, and then we will just digitally insert you into movies and you go live your life and you can't be an actress anymore and we will just 
use your likeness and your name to, you know, make whatever movies we feel like. Um, so on the other end of the spectrum from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. This movie takes place. Yeah, in, a, in Quentin Tarantino's digital nightmare is basically where this movie <laughs> takes place. Um, and so, uh, so let's 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 start with that because it's a very interesting concept. Yeah, it is, and and that's sort of the first. This movie's about ninety minutes, or it's about two no, hours. No, it's two hours. This movie's yeah. about two it hours. Felt long. Yeah, it felt long. That's probably about the first forty minutes or so. Um, is, is maybe not even, maybe even more like the first half hour is basically all Robin Wright trying to come up with decide what she's going to do, and she's got like a kid who's going blind and deaf, and um, and he's you know clearly he's got kind of like an autistic thing going on. He's obsessed with planes and kites, and they live they live on a on an airfield. They live on a, like an abandoned airplane hangar and all this shit, um, which is actually really cool, by the way. Yeah, no, it's a it's a super cool setting. So. Uh, but I, that, for me at least, I thought that was some of the most interesting stuff in the movie. It was the most interesting stuff in the whole movie. Yeah. And I, I told you this after we saw the movie. So Harvey Keitel, so they, they've got her, they've got Robin Wright in the scanning suit, mm-hmm. and she's standing in the middle of the big scanning colander lights. Yeah, the big pod thing, yeah. Which is very stunning to yeah. look at. It's And it's a great practical effect too they literally oh, yeah. have her in this like grid of flashing it's lights. like a dome yeah exactly it's, um, it's like epcot basically right right and whenever she smiles or laughs or cries like the lights sort of flash in succession yeah. around her and it's pretty it's like it's really cool looking effect but it's also it's really great practical work there I yeah yeah it looks great and and harvey Keitel, and so she's so she's not really getting into it she wants to stop and not do it and then harvey Keitel tells her this story which is and, amazing which is amazing and uh, that, like, honestly, you could, like, I feel like you could start with just her sitting in, like, her her and Harvey Keitel are, like, sitting yeah. on the bench, and then, like, right. the guy, the cinematographer, yeah. comes out to meet them. I feel like you could make an amazing, a perfect short film that's just starts with them sitting on the bench and ends with that story ending. Yeah. And the, that would have been, that would have been amazing. That's, like, a, a, one of those, like, perfect little 10 minute films. Kind of like yeah. the way. The, the lemon quaalude bit in the middle of Wolf of Wall Street oh, yeah. is like a perfect 15-minute short film in the middle of that movie. Yeah. That feels like a great little, like, simple, yeah. like, really affecting story. And just marvelously done. Yeah. And then it just keeps going and jumps the shark. Well, uh, but let's, well, let's stay with the first part for a bit. Now, Jenna, are you, do you, are you a fan of The Princess Bride? Obviously. Obviously. You're a breathing human being, so... It's true, yes. I am. Um, okay, depression. <laughs> well, so the... Because the, you know, the movie really uh, hangs on that, you know? Like I said, it's, it's a fictionalized version of Robin Wright, but, you know, she is playing herself, essentially, and they make reference to her other movies. And there's all that stuff with the uh, the poster, where she stares at herself on the poster, her younger self, which is like, those are great moments. I really love those. Yep. But yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's just really interesting sort of discussion about movie making in general and sort of who knows who knows better and this this concept of choice which they talk about a lot like choice is a very like oh, they, big they beat you over the head with yeah it. they you know they keep yelling at her that she made lousy choices when she was younger and people can make came to her all these offers and she threw them away um and i like how they left house of cards out of that by the way <laughs> well yeah <laughs> well i think there's there's this element of control to it yeah right that you know, and not to like beat the metaphor of Tarantino over the head, but there is he like this mind. this aging actor mm-hmm. who wants to retain some control over the 
arc that her career makes yep. over the way that you know she professionally dies. Absolutely. And then you parallel it with a society that has no concept of what it is to sit around and wait for death versus yeah. like controlling this. I mean, we're getting ahead into like the second part of the that's movie, fine. but um, I think that's part of why that scene with her in the orb is, is so lovely. Yeah. The monologue that Harvey Keitel gives. Yeah. So it's like, here's this person who's older than her, a generation above her, oh, sure. who's been through the golden age of it all. Mm-hmm. Who's saying goodbye to her. Yeah. And it, it ultimately becomes the real and genuine emotions and performance that they preserve. Mm-hmm. So you've got Danny Houston as this like really great slimy movie studio head guy who's like he really pulls that off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, Danny Houston is a slime ball. Like that's just I, I'll always I love that. I always <laughs> love Danny Houston playing a slime ball. Has um, he ever played anybody but a slime ball? Yeah, probably not. I mean, well, occasionally. It's like Carl Winslow playing anybody but a cop. Yeah, right. Um, but, Note that I called him Carl Winslow. <laughs> that's exactly. Uh, but no, there's you're right. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here about choice and control. I mean, that's sort of the, those are sort of the big overarching things of that, of that first section of, you know, the choices that she's made in life and also like how much choice you have as a performer. Like she makes, like when they're arguing in the office and she's saying, no, of course a choice is the most important thing. Like why she had to choose what kind of movies I make and what I do. And he's like, no, you don't like the director tells you what, where to go and how to say things. And, you know, your publicist tells you where to, you know, what to do here. And, you know, it's like, you, you don't, you don't just say, Hey, I feel like making this movie. So I'm going to make this movie like other people. No, I don't think you're right for that movie. And, you know, that's a big part of sort of the, you know, the tor- tortured artist thing is, you know, how that you're constantly feeling like you're not in control and trying to feel like maintain some semblance of control is huge, you know? I mean, that was, I mean, that was my first career. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, mine too. I get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nothing more terrifying than like you go into an audition and you like, you're so nervous and then you go in and you like nail it. You just like absolutely kill it. And then you walk out and you're like, yeah, no, they just, they didn't see it or they, they, you know, they like somebody else or whatever. And there's this element of like, yeah, it doesn't, like, it almost doesn't matter what I do. Like the choice is out of my hands. Like other people are pulling the strings well, here. I think you know? it was terrifying for me about it was that you go into the field because you have something you want to say, you have something right. you want to express mm-hmm. and you're ultimately in a business where that has very little to oh, do with no, exactly. what you actually yeah. get cast as. That's exactly right. Uh, this is why I'm not an actor. <laughs> That's why I'm not an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here, here. Um, I really like that. That I have no talent. Yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of really great sort of like Hollywood jokes, like uh, all of the jokes on no sci-fi, which I thought was. Just oh, that fantastic. was great. Yeah. All the... like the debate about whether sci-fi is art. Though all the well that that and all the little inserting Robin Wright into other things mm-hmm. was. I mean, that was the heart of this. I mean, yeah. I know it's not a character, but if I had to pick a thing in this yeah. movie that was the heart of the Ghostbusters, it was seeing Robin Wright doing the infamous bomb drop. Oh, yeah. From Strange Love. And, and the, oh, my God, yeah. So and, and, the, that and the fucking, uh, the, the whatever it is, RRR yeah, something. Rebel Robot Robin. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. But she, we... she looks like, you know what that reminds me of? It reminded me of, you know, at the end of uh, Rocky? Yes. When they're when when Riff Raff and and, uh, yeah. and they're wearing the gold yeah no like, that's exactly what she looks like she's got she's got the makeup and stuff yeah, yeah no that's exactly right um, Daily do you know if she wrote it if she had any like part of the creative process around the movie did she produce or I wouldn't be surprised if she had like an executive producing position but I don't think she had anything to do with the script I don't think she did 
Yeah, can we, can we talk about the two ladies who were sitting in front of us who absolutely lost their mind at her doing the Slim Pickens Strange Love bomb drop that routine? Was... Like, they exploded. I thought they were going to fall out oh, yeah. of their chairs. <laughs> See what I did? Uh, they, no, they oh, lost oh, their oh. goddamn minds. And it was like, I was so confused. Because, like, yeah, it's a nice bit, but it's not hilarious or anything. It was anything. a pretty rowdy house, though. It kind of In terms was, of, like, yeah. responding to the tiny little tongue-in-cheek jokes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it felt like it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know this is, like, a really popular image. It's like they, it, it almost felt like they had just seen Strangelove for the first time, like, a week ago. And the concept <laughs> of, like, somebody else doing that bit was like, oh my god, that's amazing! It's like, you know, lots of people have ripped that scene, right? You know, that's like a very popular pair scene to parody. I don't know why this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a funny bit. Uh, I think the funniest... She has a producer credit. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure she had a producer credit, so... Um, well, say, so then we get into the second part, which is basically she's... Flash forward 20 years. Yeah, 20 years in the future, and now she has, uh, you know, she's basically... She, she signed her contract, she, she had herself scanned, she hasn't acted, and she, it's a little unclear exactly what it is that's happening, but she basically drives down a big empty highway, uh, has... <laughs> in her, her vintage 2013 Porsche. Yeah, exactly. Uh, has a, has a, a little weird conversation with a guard. security guard security in the middle guard. of the desert yeah uh she snips a little vial of purple stuff and uh, then she's in toontown and then she is quite literally in toontown yes um and from that point i think the movie kind of goes off the rails a little bit yeah um mostly because i had some trouble actually following what was ha- like what was actually happening versus what was like an illusion i think that was sort of the point right no exactly but like like for example like when she gets cryogenically frozen i was like wait is she actually frozen like what's yeah that is this her illusion like she she's dripped like she's animated so her animated self is imagining things but like on top of locked in the animation yeah there was the whole like digital revolution right and (laughs) <laughs> and some stuff happens. I mean, there was like the sort of parallel of, oh, and well, no one really wants to be scanned anymore. No one yeah. wants to see your movies. They want to inhale you. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that was the that was the thing that was like, I, that, that's a very cool idea, by the way. And like seeing all the people, and yeah, they would like sniff a little thing and become Clint Eastwood for, for a, a second, second or whatever. Like, yeah, those are those are good bits. I, I, I think like it's really fun. This that's really fun to watch. And I really liked that animation style. You know, yeah, it's like it was, very, a, it was a little bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was like it was very uh, there was kind a, of old school. There was a lot of Steamboat Willie happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but everything was very flat. It wasn't like hey, everyone has a you no. Know, they weren't cel shaded. No, it was yeah. yeah. It was really it was it was really interesting. But you could do really silly weird stuff, which I which I kind of love. Like when they fly. Yeah, and they don't get wings. Their arms just get really long, and their yeah. hands get really big, and they kind of look feathery, but. They're, I mean, they're not like, it's not like, I grew wings and I fly. It's like, no, I just have giant arms and now they work like wings. <laughs> flappy, flappy. Yeah, flippity, flappity. And it was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a little trouble tracking exactly what was really happening versus what was her delusion. Well, um, which, I think, yeah, I think you're right. is sort of part of the point. I, I was having Matrix troubles with it. Yeah. Because in the Matrix, like, the premise is very simple. It's like, your brain is doing this stuff. Right, you're strapped. I had and, you're, and your body is like, bleh. Yeah, you're there you're, in you're sitting in a chair. Yeah. Whereas this was like... And you're just imagining things. Right, in this, you your whole self 
goes from the real world to the animated delusion world right sort of well and that's the that's the thing was like which i i i was struggling with that for a while too and it wasn't until the end where i when she snaps out of it where i realized like oh so it's basically like you're tripping yeah like you're you're still walking around and interact like it's a wonder that everybody on the earth doesn't like die doesn't like step into a fucking hole in the ground or like fall out a window because they think they're flying around like like, well i want to see what the actual physical humans are are doing doing, while they're imagining themselves like in the cartoon world yeah exactly yeah Uh, something about that seemed like that was like i had a lot of trouble wrapping my head around the physics of what was actually happening yeah they're just tripping the whole time yeah yeah but it's yeah they're they're interacting but and i, I so suppose you, there are so wait, wait, wait so so them. what you're telling me is in this movie about hollywood yeah actors and actresses put substances up their noses uh-huh. yeah see things that aren't this there this is a stretch i know go crazy yeah and then die eventually that's true that's how it works hmm. i know this is a re- crazy sci-fi i know Just <laughs> no, sci-fi. no sci-fi no sci-fi it's not art yeah not, not art um uh, but but there was there was a lot of fun stuff. I really loved. I mean, everybody will really love. Oh but yeah, animated Tom Cruise. Animated Tom Cruise, who they never refer to by name. Just that guy. It's just fantastic. It's just a guy. Did he voice it himself? Teeth. No, I don't know. It sounded a lot like him. Uh, yeah, it, it's certainly somebody doing it. I'm certainly. I'm sure he didn't do it. I'm sure it was someone doing a Tom Cruise impression. If it's Ben Stiller, I'm gonna laugh really hard. <laughs> um. But that's a that's a great that's a great bit. I mean, you got you gotta love that. Though it's very tongue in cheek, um, and especially when he just they just have him later. And he's just like sitting around somewhere, like they just she just walks by him. Super shiny no, teeth. Apparently, yeah. it's Evan Ferrante. Yeah, whoever that is. Um, he is. I think this is the only thing. Oh no, he's done a few things. There was Teenage Paparazzo, Ooh. The Penis Files, hey. and Four Corners of Fear, which right. was straight to video in 2013. All right. Uh, should we talk about that crazy weird sex scene? No. Oh. That that was that kind of came out of nowhere. I know. And and I was, cussing, mm. a little little. I just didn't need that. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I don't know. It was. It made me feel creepy. Yeah. Because it was like, I mean, yes, they're cartoon boobies, but. But it was animated. It was the guy who'd spent all 20 years making the screened Robin Wright do whatever he wanted for yeah. these movies. Uh-huh. The animator. Yeah. And they were so tripping that, like, vines of flowers were sprouting out there of were, their body. There and were tentacles. Each other. Yeah. There like, were tentacles. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. And there's another, there's, like, a control thing there again where it's like, yeah, she literally falls in love with the guy who animated her false self who, like, was in control of her likeness and... Uh, and, and then he... Is that boning yourself? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. It's a little bit like that. But it's also, like, boning the self that you didn't get any say over. Or yeah. didn't get to, like... Boning your, your, your... Your id. Your, mm. I, Very um, meta. I can't, yeah. I can't even. Mm. Anyway, it was, it was weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. In that part of the movie that was just, like, kind of... The movie goes along in its little tracks and then sort of, like spins around for a while yeah and then kind of gets back into like what it was originally gonna be yeah and so i feel like there was a whole lot of relatively unnecessary things in there well as so if you when we, we jump to the end where she like she 
takes herself out of the animated world to go find her son to go find her son because which is the other thing where you're like wait what's happening her son is maybe somewhere did you figure out what happened at the end because i I think i got it yeah i yeah i I think i got that um but yeah she when she comes out of the animated world like suddenly i got really interested again where she's walking around this like post-apocalyptic like you know wasteland wasteland essentially yeah Yeah. you Um, cannot (laughs) animate all of the things that are compelling at looking at a close-up of robin wright i know right like you just lose that in animation well and i look i think that's kind of part of the point is you know you're you're and he and even the animator says that at one point like no i needed the older you like i needed the actual you because there was all of these things that you gain with experience and age yeah that i can't create you know out of my brain yeah so um so yeah no you're right and it's like as soon as she comes back on screen and she's now like 40 years older because she was it's cut 20 years and then she's in cryo for like another 20 years the time so, a lot of the timey stuff didn't make much yeah. sense yeah so it's she's theoretically okay. she should be like well she was in cryo so she's the same age but so she's she's been she's at least in her like 60s essentially. well she was in cryo in her head no i think she was actually in cryo i'm with daily on this one i, I did get know. the impression that not ever so it was like a new thing that they were launching this yeah. inhalation and this tripping and, and she, whatever and but she got locked in toontown and locked in the hallucination yeah. while it was going on yeah uh. got put in cryo and then the world became this place yeah because the world wasn't a, i don't think the world was a wasteland when she drove in with the security guard no you know um so but i also really and i also by the way really love that when she comes out of it she passes the security guard behind the bar did you catch that because when she when Mm. she goes in with the security guard he says you won't see me again Mm -hmm. until you leave right i remember that come back and when she takes the little pill so that she can come out of the animated world and she's just like walking out of the restaurant yeah and it's like her perspective and she's like looking around the room and she looks at the bar and there's like people sitting yeah, on the yeah, 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 and Tom Cruise is sitting on the stool. Yeah. The the security guard is behind the bar, like cleaning a glass. Oh. And he doesn't say anything. He just looks at her. Which oh. is great. Oh, I like I love that bit. That's a really nice little moment. Yeah. Um well, But yeah, no, as soon as she pops out of it again, like suddenly I am fully Well it's because there's something in front of the camera. Again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Um and old old Paul Giamatti, like uh like I felt like his the spirit gum was loose on yeah, his beard. Yeah, the beard like, didn't look his, so great. His makeup was a little like. Mm, mm, I am the rhino. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but I, I really, I really dug the end, and that's. I think that's my biggest problem with the movie is that it feels like, you know, there's this really fascinating statement on sort of like art and choice and control and Hollywood, and I like I and I got really, really into that. Yeah, and, and then and then they take it away. Yeah, and then they just sort of go off. And so I, what I feel like is, and I don't, like I said, I don't know the the book that it's, or the, the novel, the story that it's adapted from. Are you going to read it now? Probably not. Okay. Um, but I, I suspect that... There's a lot more of that. Well, yeah, no, I suspect that the middle animated stuff is largely what that story is. And uh. that all of the Robin Wright actress stuff yeah. is, like, it's a generic sort of actress and like or, or it's you know it's a mm. fictional person and yeah. here they said oh what if we got a an real... actress what if we got a real actress and they actually were like being themselves and yeah. they referenced their career um and which is the most interesting thing about the trailer yeah exactly by the way. so 
So that part was really interesting to me. I got kind of lost in the anime stuff. The animation is incredible, but the story kind of feels like it's all over the place. And then I got really interested again at the end, uh, where it's like the, again, sort of that me sort of getting lost in the physics of what happens all these people are tripping balls. Yeah. Um, but, Whatever. yeah, exactly. But, I, you know, I think there was, you know, there's something there's something interesting there. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad we saw it. And I, you know, I might revisit it again at some point down the line, but it's, it's not a, it doesn't, quite work for me on the whole yep part of the ghostbusters so jenna you gotta go first so uh our our recurring segment uh we call it the heart of the ghostbusters and it's uh you pick some character in the movie uh doesn't have to be main character could be you know random side character that's who we usually as a point of fact i don't think we've ever chosen a main character um just sort of the unwritten rule any character in the movie who you, who's your drinking buddy? Who in that movie is like, ah, oh, that seemed like an interesting person. I want to go, like, have a drink with that person. I'm going to go with the sleazy attorney. Uh, oh. Because <laughs> I think Houston. I would feel... No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. The tiny, oh, the, like, the little, little blonde guy who's, yeah. like, chalk out of law school. And it's like, you know, it's really complicated <laughs> to, write these, to write these contracts for, for scanning. But, yeah. but well, I, I could do it. life is 20 years. You know? yeah. I mean... 20 years you can murder. Years. Oh yeah, I got oh, it. I got it written down. And definitely no sci-fi. Definitely, no, yeah. Um, oh, that him because I feel like he'd be really funny drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, that also, is I feel like he has a really low tolerance, and so I can oh, watch yeah. him be drunk. He looks like a lightweight. All right. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. He's blonde right. Bart. For sure. <laughs> that's, wow. That's, that's enough out of you. Low blow. Uh. All right, I didn't do any. I didn't do any urine idiots the yeah. entire podcast. That's good. So. No, that's we good. we did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, guys, you guys have that one down all by yeah, yourselves. We we're good at that. Uh, Bartholomew, part of the Ghostbusters. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, right? Of course. I thought you said it couldn't Keitel. be a main character. No, I said it can be. It can. You it want. can be anyone, but. Like, like it, it would be uncouth for one of us to choose Robin Wright. Not that I wouldn't want to have a drink with Robin Wright. Yeah, but yeah. Just, but I like this Robin Wright. When the relationship so ends, much. it will be because Bart decided that he just needs to go have drinks with Robin Wright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, Harvey Keitel is is an amazing. I mean, choice. animated Tom Cruise is a. <sighs> yeah. I yeah. You know how I feel yeah. about Tom Cruise. Yeah. Animated or otherwise, yeah. especially when it's voiced by that guy from the Penis movie. Yeah. So uh, no, I mean, look, Harvey Harvey Keitel is an amazing choice. Um, you? Yeah, look, Keitel is certainly my first instinct. Um, in oh, the I know, I know what you're gonna in do. In the interest of picking another person, I know what you're gonna do. I know exactly what you're gonna do. I'm I'm, I'm mulling it over. It's the cinematographer guy. John Hamm. Huh? Her, 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 her no, 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 no. Oh, oh, the the guy who does her. Who does the scanning? Does the scanning? Uh, no. I mean, he seems cool, I guess. I like that guy. I know that guy <laughs> from something. I can't think of what it is. Um, no, I, actually, I was kind of thinking about, uh, about, uh, uh, Robin's daughter. Oh, God, she's obnoxious. Well, yeah, but later she apparently becomes a revolutionary. And a naturalist. Yeah. Like, she seems to have a very so she's, crazy character That arc. That means that she's a hippie and a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> You want to have a drink with that instead of Harvey Keitel? What is wrong with you? I'm standing by Harvey Keitel being a main character. No, it can be. A, it can be a main character. I was told it is uncouth to choose the main character. No, it is uncouth to choose the main character. That was not made the, clear, friends. The, the, pro, the protagonist. I want to... We typically refer the protagonist. The protagonist like, like to choose. Would you pro- like to have a drink with Harvey Keitel? Duh. <laughs> 
I think that's what we're getting at here. If you would also like, we don't have to choose unique people. We yeah, often we don't. Can, we often come to a consensus. Okay, I'm sticking here. by the. No, I like the lawyer guy. I also, like I thought you were gonna be too. like, would you also like to come with me to get a drink yeah. of Robin Wright? <laughs> I know the only. I think the only other option would be Paul Giamatti. Yeah. As as the kindly doctor guy. I am the Rhino. Yeah. Um, I actually I really liked the scene with the son doing like the hearing test. Um. And it's like he's trying, he's supposed yeah. to repeat the words back, but really he's like repeating his subconscious desires back. He was also rhyming, and I thought that was a nod to Princess Bride. Oh, no. He's rhyming that whole well, time. Yeah, no, I was is. waiting for some for him to say peanut. So let's talk Roger Rabbit. Uh, we don't need to spend forever on mm. Roger Rabbit. No, nor um, should we. But uh, I, mostly I want to talk about how well this movie holds up. Dude, I haven't seen it probably since it was new. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Yeah, in, in years. And this is certainly a movie that like I watched repeatedly as a kid. I mean, we were five yeah. when this came out. Yep. You were not five. <laughs> yeah. You, were you, you, were, 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 you, were, you were not were you born. Were you on this planet when this movie came out? In a manner of speaking, depending oh. on what your, what your stance on abortion you is. may or may not have been a fetus at the time. Um, <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, no, I mean, I, I watched this movie a lot as a child like it's one of those movies that i hear like yeah. i watch the movie and i hear like the cadence of the lines oh now. yeah so there's there's a lot of jokes in this movie because i haven't watched it since i think probably before i was in high yeah, school they hit you fresh through. well there's a lot of like you know the grown-up jokes that i don't think i like i either i'd forgotten them or they just never hit me the right way when i was younger no. but like for example but I can still hear the cadence of the lot of the dialogue. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, for example, yeah. mm-hmm. like when when Roger's listing all of the people he asked about how to get to Eddie's office, he's like, I asked the green grocer and I asked the newsboy <laughs> and they didn't know, but I asked the liquor store guy and he knew. Like yeah. I could hear exactly how that line played, but I couldn't I didn't remember that the last guy he says is the liquor store guy yeah. and like why that's funny. Yeah, that's no, hilarious actually. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that. We're like Oh shit! It's amazing. It's mostly alcohol humor. It's mostly like stuff about him being a drunk. He drinks a lot. Yeah, he in has this movie. he has a fifth of bourbon in his gun holster the yeah. whole movie, which is kind of great. don't you? Uh, well, if I had a gun holster, I certainly would. Yeah. Yeah. It's nope. really in my purse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's uh, you know it's uh, in mine. A picture of Robin Wright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so speaking of cartoon sex. Um, oh God! Why I well, carry no, the fifth. So, things where it's like you know the scene where at the nightclub with jessica rabbit where it's like uh all these guys are like lusting over this cartoon character and i was like wait what are they can you have sex with a cartoon like do they actually want to fuck that cartoon is that am i led to believe that humans fuck cartoons in this reality i never I think really you're led to horrifying. i think you're led to believe that anything with big boobs telling a man that he just needs to be there <laughs> and, a, and a man will be happy that's true uh well, i really like when he bumps his head on her breasts and, and he's they, like <laughs> he stands up and he bumps his head on the bottom of her breast that's like they make like a boom yeah. noise that's great um on the flip side you when he meets her like doppelganger in toontown oh that's like, so weird yeah like i mean that's that was so really, much weirder than i remember yeah it being. it's real, like i remember being really broad as a kid but like wow it's super creepy now as a grown-up you're like because, this is kind of awful because the doppelganger has an adam's apple and boxer shorts it's, on under the dress ah, what the fuck am i watching yeah no that like, for, is really for weird. absolutely no, no reason no none, none whatsoever that character doesn't need to exist yeah. at all um, there's also lots of really great bits that I didn't get as a kid or I didn't, you know, the specific humor of like LA is a driving town and being like, 
oh, who, who wants to drive? Why would I own a car? We got the best public transportation system in the world. And, like, no one will ever drive your crazy freeway idea. Like, yeah. Like, that stuff is, like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, because we have freeways. So, so it's right, like, but now you got to. But now. I'm like, oh, no, it's because L.A. is a fucking wasteland of traffic. That's why that is a funny bit. Yeah. Um, I loved seeing the cartoons from different studios together. Yeah. That was awesome. And that's one of those things that, you know, you don't see that often anymore you get it was it it was like when sonic and mario appeared in a video game for the first time together yeah well and so weird so like you see i was going to say the the other probably the best example of that like in uh modern times is wreck it ralph where you had a lot of video game characters from different eras uh, mario never appears and sonic never appears i think those are the two like things that they just they didn't get couldn't get them but like you end up with like all of these different characters from all these different franchises it's like yeah how do you get them all all in in one movie Mm. um and it's you know it's rare but it it can happen you know that's one of the so there's this uh really great book called ready player one um and it's set in the future in which people have uh they live in basically a virtual reality mm. i mean like they have goggles it, the the oculus rift is modeled essentially after yeah. this book um but the whole point is that it's it, the, the virtual reality is sort of built on game structure mm-hmm. and and not only have the guy who built it like long story short the guy who built it was obsessed with 80s stuff and so now everyone is obsessed with 80s stuff and sci-fi stuff and so you have these like popular properties like there's the Star Wars universe, and there's the Firefly universe, and there's the Star Trek universe, and the Lord of the Rings universe, and some places have magic, and some places have science, uh, like spaceships, yeah, yeah. And, and all all of this stuff, and it's it's really really like it's it's a great book, and it would make a fantastic movie. But you sit there and go, how is how do you make that movie? How do you make a movie yeah, in which you, get a you know, yeah, in which Mr. Spock appears alongside Gandalf, and they're driving. Uh, you know the DeLorean with the Ecto-1 license plates and uh, you know it, it's it's crazy they, like I don't see how they ever make that movie um, well but I wish that they would <laughs> okay so what she's done is let Nemo in here <laughs> oh, that, that's just cruel and unusual uh, alright let, let's knock out some hearts of this movie real quick but yeah this movie really holds up the animation I'm really impressed with the way the animation uh, okay. interacts with real real world objects yeah. you know like that stuff is all was this movie the dawn of green screening or like I mean yeah there's a lot of that stuff. I think chroma key was probably like look what we can do yeah um, but yeah. it's it's a lot of it really still works some of the cartoon you yeah. know cartoons in real world stuff are kind of the the edges are a little fuzzy and but for the most part it really works very well um, there's one other weird little footnote that I have to get out because it drives me crazy every time. Uh, every time I see it, uh, Back to the Future Three. So this is a Robert Zemeckis movie, yeah. and in so many ways, it's produced by Spielberg. And in so many ways, it feels like a Spielberg movie. Like I feel like Spielberg was ghost shooting this thing. Like the scene, like the shot where uh, he passes out at his desk, and it just sort of slowly pans across all of the things on his desk. All yeah, the old newspaper headlines yeah. and stuff, and the old newspaper headlines are great. Like Goofy cleared on spy charges. Yeah, that was like, amazing. Those are fantastic. But like that feels so Spielberg to me. It's yeah. like it's crazy. Um, but so there's uh, there's a, a an old in Back to the Future three. Yeah. There is uh, at the end when he's in the saloon. Mm-hmm. There's like all these like old like coots sitting around the bar like hey you better get out mm-hmm. there and get in that fight whatever and there's like one or two guys where it's like they have really distinctive voices and their faces don't mean anything to me outside of that movie but I'm always <laughs> but I'm always like <laughs> Nemo. God damn it. 
my god, I thought for a second that was Jamie going downstairs and just ringing to the ring doorbell. The so did I. I wouldn't put it past her. Uh, but anyway, they, and they were the voices of the bullets. Yes, they, yes, <laughs> yes. So they're these old coots, and I could never place their voices. I'm always yeah. like, why do I know their, their voices? Yeah. That's yeah, they're the voices of the bullets in Eddie's gun at the yeah. end, the Old West bullets. Which and is I, Yosemite Sam's gun. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, like, finally right, I was like, that's who those fucking guys are. I mean, this has been bothering me for years. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we took care of that for I you. am too. So before my wife divorces me, because we're going to be late for football game, uh, let's pick some hearts of the Ghostbusters for uh, Roger Rabbit. Uh, Bartholomew, Jenna went first last time. How about you go first this time? Dolores. Dolores, that's a great choice. Dolores is kind. She's she's sassy. She's strong. Uh, she's just good people. Yeah, she is. She's good people. Yeah, she's one of those people that you feel like she like. She also owns the bar. That, well, no, I don't think she owns the well, bar. I think she just like runs the bar. Um, but yeah, right. no, you get that. No, sense. but she's she's super solid. Good yeah. people. You get uh, that sense of like like you meet like your grandma or like some old lady like now, and you're like. I bet she was, like, a totally badass lady back yeah. in the 40s. And, like, yeah, yeah she was Dolores, yep. you know? Dolores is just awesome. Absolutely. She's just good. Uh, Ms. Jenna? We go with Benny. Benny, the, Our... ca- Benny the cab driver. Yeah. An animated choice. That's that's excellent. I was I thinking that. about that. I've always loved him. He's yeah. always been a great... Yeah. He was always a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, everybody loves him. I feel like he's, he's the face of this movie. I know, right? Nice, dependable. Uh, My bike's name is Benny. The, oh, well, I mean, what, what's more to, what more is there to love? Um, <laughs> you, sir? You know, don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. The body double. We said it was it. uncouth. God damn it. No, no, no. You know what I'm thinking? The gun, the bullets. Came very <laughs> close to choosing the gun. Well, no. What I was what I'm I was... going on record as saying I would like to have a drink with the gun is just a little <laughs> bit that's, sad. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little disturbing. It's a little upsetting. Um, no, what I was kind of thinking was, uh, I kind of want to go with someone who's not actually in the movie. I kind of want to go with Dead Teddy. It's kind of a downer to end I know. On. I got really sad because I forgot that Bob Hoskins had died. So as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh, Bob Hoskins. No, you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Marvin Acme. Uh, mostly because of that plaid suit that he wears, which is pretty, pretty incredible. I would totally wear the shit out of that suit, so. You, you would. I weird would. for the sake of weird. Weird for the sake of weird. That's what you or do. Or Dead Teddy. Or Dead Teddy. Uh, well, all right. I think that's, I think that's just about does it. I would like to, uh, escape <laughs> this unscathed. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, uh, Bartholomew, for coming as always. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, Miss Jenna, for joining us for the first time. This was lots of fun. This was my pleasure. You come on back anytime, lady. Oh. Uh, do you have, like, a Twitter or thing that people can follow? Are you, are you on the Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you're, making a, you're making a face, which indicates no. Um, what we need to do is we need to get Jamie, all four of us. This is what we need to do. Well, yeah, no, we'll get there. The, uh, maybe not with Rambo. But, no, uh, God. So, so next week we'll definitely be doing Rambo, and uh, okay. hopefully perhaps we'll pair it with something else. We'll see. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for listening. You can follow us, as always, uh, on the uh, on Twitter, on at Daily Screening, or on Facebook, as well as on the blog, of course, dailyscreening.com. And please uh, listen along to the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can rate us and review us there so more people will find the show. Uh, and I hope you've had fun listening. We've certainly had fun talking. Have a lovely evening and a fantastic tomorrow.